welcome back to the podcast. This is Mo and hey, see hey. dog. <laughs> nice to have you back. And last time we were here was last year, June. Oh, yeah, Father's Day special. We have to kill human cock and sacrifice at the three junction before you come back on the show. Anyways, nice to see you. Yeah, you have to. Anyway, yeah, it's, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Are you really happy? To be here? Well, I'm thrilled <laughs> to be here. For those that don't know, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, I'm uh, Taiwo Adelipe. Okay. Brown Eyes. Okay. Tea Dog. Okay. Tea Pumping. Okay. Tea Money. Tea Money. I'm the pro- I'm the one that is enabling others. And what do you do? What do I do? Mm. Um. Like what do I do for work? Uh-uh. Yeah, so that's in business. So I'm a family physician. You know, I work as a hospitalist. Um, Why do you always and, have this humility? Like you don't like to talk about your profession. I, I think it's fake humility. But all of you, most of you are like that. Just say it. What it is? Is it? Are you the only doctors in the world? No, I said I'm a family physician. It took you a while. It took you a while. We're saying, what, what do my what I do? What else will it be? What will the question be about? Thought maybe you know, is a podcast <coughs> assistant or cameo host or something like that. You know, anyway. Family physician. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, family physician. Uh, also a public health uh, person, even though I don't actually practice that. Yeah, but I try to incorporate that. that in my daily practice of medicine. You know, and. Um, just look at population health and things like that. Anyway, um, before I deviate, uh, yeah, I'm a farm physician. I work primarily as a hospitalist and, uh, I do love my job. I enjoy what I do. So. How are you related to the podcast host? How am I related? Mm-hmm. How else could I be? Talk about it, but I don't know you now. Well, okay. She's my wife. Does that answer me? For this episode, that is. <laughs> All right, welcome to the show, and really nice to have you here. And for those joining us for the first time, welcome. And to our OG from whenever you start listening, welcome back. Today's episode, we'll be talking about just the current project, which is the Hopeful 35. Uh, as you know, or if you're just hearing about it for the first time, we are raising $10,000 over the next six months to help women get access to um, fertility treatment and men as well. Um, and then also counseling and, um, support. And yeah. So today I would like to hear, give an opportunity to hear from the other side of the conversation. So in the past four weeks, we've had my assistant shout out to Hawa interview me. We've had my lovely sister, Danita Pabiona talk about her story with endometriosis. And then this last episode was looking at Fumi's story with um, secondary infertility and the challenges that comes from that. And today, we just want to hear from the men. We hardly hear a lot of men, especially black men, talk about this side of the story. So I thought to bring someone that I know could do justice to it. So um, can you tell us your story? What story? <laughs> Our infertility story, or maybe should I say my infertility story from your perspective? Or should I say our infertility story from your I perspective? I feel like I've told this story many times. No, and really. It feels like a rehash of everything. How but do you think I feel talking about it all the time? I don't know. 
hoping yeah anyway let's not go wait no say what's your mind yeah i mean you know yeah i feel like i've told you story before but on sure. the podcast yeah on the podcast they have a it short memory when it comes comes up like a couple of times a year <laughs> but anyway do you think we talk about it too much i think so what else would you like to talk about Mm. Maybe let's talk about the emotional side of it from your perspective. Let's not talk about our story. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm sure they're even tired of hearing about that. But as someone in the supporting role, especially for men who have wives like me, who are the primary factor when it comes to that, how would you, what's, what's it like for you to be on the other side? That's a new question, right? I'm a good. <laughs> Not really. But, I mean, I think, you know, to first of all, you know, begin, you know, it's not, I mean, for those that are Christians, you know, um, the Bible says that the two shall become one, right? So when you say, you know, one party being, you know, the primary factor, that's not the right term to use you know it's we're one so um you know in terms of emotional and supportive roles i guess it took me a while um to finally see you know the toll that it's had on you um and to maybe be able to express that you know even though i did have those and i repressed those you know trying to be like a man you know trying to you know just you know shut those emotions down and you know hope for the next possible good news and then that being dashed again and then you know yeah, just came and again, keeping and again. hope alive you know things like that so yeah so yeah it's just been pretty interesting navigating those you know highs and lows and just still having a positive outlook despite everything you know thank you for that appreciate, appreciate that um from some of the stories we shared in the podcast, there seems to be this common theme of how these issues kind of like drive a wedge between couples in the sense that the emotional expression is often muted. And I know we've gone through our own season as well. What suggestions or tips based on your experience are you able to provide to couples that are currently navigating those distancing as far as the heart distancing or emotional distancing because of just navigating infertility issues. Like you have the wife feeling like she's just alone and the husband not being very expressive. Not because they don't care, but it's kind of hard for them to express themselves. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, but <clears throat> I think, you know, both parties having, just sitting together and having that, you know, open, honest conversation, you know, and just unloading your feelings and your you know um your hopes aspirations and even sadness over losses and things like that mm-hmm. you know i think that helps you know they say burden uh what's the word a burden when share, is a burden helps out, right? yeah so yeah just having a, an extra ear to listen to you i guess you know especially that ear be, being involved and in the boat with you i think you know, goes a long way. So, 
Yeah, I think just having that com- conversation and, you know, um, I think one of the important parts is, you know, not, not trying to say, oh, one party is the one that's fault, right? But, you know, even though that person might feel like, oh, it's because of me, you know, there are lots of other things that, you know, contribute to, you know, pregnancy losses and things like that, you know, and it's not like, it's not that person's fault, right? And it's very important for the partner to not um, make it appear that it's that person's fault because doing that, you know, drives a wedge into your marriage and your relationship and, you know, um, yeah. You know, uh, you know, again, I'm, I might be more biased towards, you know, Christianity and all, but even though even the Bible says, you know, at the beginning of, you know, when God created Adam and Eve, he created a helpmate, someone, you know, to, you know, help and to support him. Right. So, and then that was what, that was the first thing he did that right before he said, be fruitful and multiply. Right. Was a helpmate. So see your partner as, your partner, like your friend, your helpmate, someone that's supposed to help you navigate through life's journey first before anything else. So that's good. I like that. Um, I think one thing to tease out from as we're talking just reminded me the times I felt like I struggled with, I felt like we struggled to connect emotionally was when you had your doctor's hat on and you just went into patient doctor mode rather than you just being the spouse. But then the other side of that is knowing that you're a physician, there's a way you almost say, okay, these are the statistics. It's not your fault. Uh, this um, granular level genetic incompatibilities. So anyways, for just couples who might be navigating that space, it's not, it might come off as just not being caring sometimes when you hear those kind of conversations. But I've had to like understand that, okay, sometimes this is, Tyro the physician talking, not necessarily Tyro the spouse. Right? I guess. <laughs> so um it can be quite I mean we know we've heard a lot about just the downsides of this. Has that been would you say that there's been some moments where you felt like this brought us together? Can you share some positive changes or growth? that you've witnessed in our relationship as a result of these challenges? Yeah, it's funny. I think it wasn't until recently, like, I feel like we finally broke through when you opened up, you know, and you just broke down literally, you know, with me there. That moment of vulnerability was, you know, I didn't expect that, but that's... It's funny, that wasn't vulnerable. No, I've not seen that. Yeah. So. This one again, because I feel like I've been wondering maybe at different times, maybe not just with you, how soon, which one are you talking about? The, this, yeah, this, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that one pushed me to the edge because it was just like compounded and I was just like, okay. Yeah. So there's been some growth, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, okay. I mean, I guess all that to say that is hope, especially for couples. These issues can be quite complex. Um, the emotions can be quite complex. And if you have maybe some familiar layers to it, say your spouse or your family members or their family members, 
definitely adds another layer to it. But all that to say, they're not in- insurmountable. Um, let's see. When you were growing up, when you thought about, I've heard some of your stories about you wanted to build a house with your twin brother and living together. What was your hope of when you thought, do you ever think about having a family when you're younger? Yeah. I never really dreamt about that. And so that that's always a funny question that's to me. What 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 images were conjured in your memory, in your mind during those moments? What was your image of a family? The one you would create as a child? No, when you were not like you created when you were little, but the ones that came to your mind as a boy. Yeah, just my, you know, me and my two mother, you know, we one who was designing. <laughs> I might enjoy our future house together, you know, like, oh, it's going to be kind of like a duplex kind of. Because I'm architect, by the way. Shout yeah. out to Kenny. Yeah, right next to each other mm-hmm. and stuff, you know, but I guess that's probably not going to happen. Don't say never. Because of some people that are scared of. Some things don't which bring, we will not don't bring go into. Don't bring your hands to this. Yeah, but <laughs> she's afraid of guns in America. I don't blame her because that's all they show them over there in the UK. Yeah. Um, so you talk about the house. How about like, can you give us more granular details about just your know, idea of a family? Idea of a family? Your family, like how many kids you want to have? Oh, gender. Again, I think we rehashed this before. I don't remember. Yeah, you asked me, you know, oh, so how many kids? How many kids? You know, we talked about like three. Three, yeah. Yeah, and then yeah. how many boys? I never thought about it. But Can't you be an equal opportunity parenting? Of course, you want to have a boy. <laughs> so, um. Some testosterone in the house, so it's not all, you know, it's female energy and uh, just dealing with all that comes with the female, you know, you guys know what I mean, right? Yeah. That's sexist. Not really. Um, so let's talk about this is something that you've answered many times, but just imagine that someone is this for the first time. We'll tag the episodes from the previous ones that we've done here. Just briefly, how has in the past two, three years since that parenting, actually four years now, right? Almost four. Since that parenting, Arifa. Mm-hmm. I said three years, yeah, because, yeah. How has it been like for you, especially? Um, so for me, let me explain what I'm trying to ask. There's this immense joy that she brings to me. And you know that you said that as well. And thank you for the opportunity to parent her. At the same time, the immensity of that joy is almost commensurate to the immensity, immensity of grief at you know, the losses we've experienced. But I think that's just a dichotomy of life, right? But I'm wondering what has that like been for you? Is there like some like an, like an emotion that is evoked by just parenting her? Or what has parenting like been for you and her being around and then navigating all these infertility issues together? Yeah, I mean, it's been a privilege and a pleasure, you know, getting to parents in a pattern to her and all that even through her non-cute moments you know I really love you from a little you know um, infants to 
a feisty four plus year old she knows human. Yeah. So that has been fun. You know, all the battles back and forth. You know, with, yeah, it's <laughs> parenting is hard, but yeah, hopefully it's rewarding, I guess. You know, just trying to train and raise a little human into being a good adult. Yeah, it takes a lot of work if you're doing it right. So, but anyway, um, dealing with that, I miss the losses and stuff. I mean, I, yeah, I, I think about the losses sometimes, not too often. I mean, I know that's in the past and I try not to brood over that, you know, look to the future and what it holds, you know, hoping that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Oh. I like that. Like at the end of the tunnel. So you know the one that happened recently, right? There was something you didn't even ask me how what really helped to get me over to the other side of COVID. Almost like a flash in my head. And like you get to heaven and then you feel someone tapping you behind your back. And then you look around and you're seeing faces who look like you but don't quite look like you because you never you never saw them. And you're in a room full of the kids you've lost. And I remember just laughing, like, God, that room is going to be getting crowded. You know how I get anxious about first meetings. Can we just stop? You know, I don't want to be introducing myself or having people walk up to me. Hey, remember me? And I had a good laugh because it was just the darkest humor ever. Um, yeah, but thanks for sharing that. Just the rewarding or challenging part of parenting. And I know you've said this many times, even when we brought you on the podcast last year, as a as an extension of that conversation. And by virtue of her looking a little bit different from us, phenotypically, even though people say that she looks like us, do you, do you get that a lot? Mm-mm. Yes. <laughs> My friends say she, that they say she looks like she's beginning to look like us. I don't see it. Yeah, but you know, I take that compliment generously because I know she's very, very beautiful. Um I know the first time, first few times when you would go to the stores, people would stare and you weren't very comfortable. And this was when we were having a lot of issues with blacks being, you know, followed or even killed among that. Um, how's that been like for you? Just a check in. Are you more comfortable? Yeah, I don't give it a thought anymore. Huh. Um, yeah. What do you think helps? It's probably for parents who might be in that space, um, parenting or with kids who don't look like them. Typically, yeah, I think you know, um, awareness, you know, Americans generally are becoming more open to the idea of seeing, I guess, two you know, brown colored individuals with a lighter skin. I'm not black anymore, brown. I'm brown. The Indians are come for you. <laughs> I mean. Does this look black? Do I look black to you? That's brown. I'm peachy. Peaches, 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 Yeah. So people are open to, open to that now, I guess. Yeah. I know there's still some stereotype, you know, um, where, you know, some people might be more comfortable with or more used to, not comfortable, more used to seeing like 
um, Caucasians with like a colored child, you know, but, you know, thinking, anyway, let me not go there. <laughs> yeah, let's stop. Let's come back to the lights. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, I think uh, people are becoming, the level of awareness is getting better. Getting better. And people yeah. are being um, reprogrammed <laughs> and they're, um, I'm looking for a right word. People's ignorance um, is being, you know, erased. Yeah. Let's put it in simple terms like that. <laughs> People are getting more enlightened. I'm enlightened, yeah. I never had that problem, but when you talked about it, I realized that, okay, this could potentially be a problem for you. But, but for me, because, you know, it wasn't our first, she wasn't our first foster child, right? Mm-hmm. And because we already signed up, I didn't, I just connected with her in the sense that this was a child who lived. Uh, safe environment and if that's the least I can give her that's fine and then by the time we started getting more um, opportunities to keep her longer I was like okay I guess it's going to be it but I never for one struggled but I would say there have been some moments when she was quite young and you take her to the pool and she didn't want to get out and you go and grab her and she's screaming at you I yeah or when you know you're getting out you know going to the car from the gym and, and she's throwing the tantrum and you're looking like, at her like I-, I promise I didn't kidnap her she's ours yep. <laughs> see a child that doesn't look like you and, <laughs> yeah, it's so and she's screaming and refusing to get in a car seat and she's and you're trying everything you can to just get her to calm down and for a child it's her first time she has no idea all these things you're going through and people are around and like okay what's going on here yeah, look at her. she's with us i promise she's with us yeah so. yeah mine was when we went to canada with her then she, her birth certificate hadn't come in like her with her new name I have my last name. You had your last name. She had her last name. And they're like, can you explain to us how you... <laughs> they didn't want to ask, but they were kind of like wondering what's going on. You know, um, you know, they were being careful, you know. Before your guy make become viral. Luckily, I always travel with my paperwork. I just ripped out. This is that adoption creed. Oh, okay. Have a nice day. Bye. Yeah. Ah, But really, uh, I think you've heard it so many times. Like, kudos to you as a... Black African man, brown, brown, Sorry. brown, brown, <laughs> brown color. I don't go by whatever. You'll be cancelled before before this episode comes out. This brown, as a brown African, proud African man, uh, talking about adoption. I mean, kudos to you, Sirsten. So let's talk about the project, right? The hopeful thirty-five. When I first... Sorry, I'm yawning. You always yawn on the podcast. It's probably about nap time. Oh, which nap time? <laughs> probably end of the show, right? We're almost done. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't been yawning all the time. Um, but if it's pickleball or you're watching scary movie, don't yawn. Um, so this is Hope for 35, right? We're trying to raise money to help out. What would you say was the first thought that popped into your mind when you heard about the project, when I was about to kickstart the project? First thought. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I just thought so. Like it would be, in, I guess, it's a word altruistic, trying to um, help other people, give them an opportunity, you know, to see if it could be a solution, a possible solution. Was commendable. Thanks. So we were having donations trickling in, not quite as. I mean, again, I know this takes a lot of effort, but can you help us with some? 
his yearning for those that don't see the, watch the video. Can you help us with some call to action? Why should people bring it towards the project? Why I think it's important to be a part of it? Why it's important? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think people, there are lots of courses out there, you know, um, just choose what, you know, um, makes mean for you and um, what you think would make an impact, you know. Um, you might not personally have gone through similar situations, you know, but, you know, just trying to put yourself in other people's shoes and seeing, you know, just trying to be a possible solution. I think um, you'll go a long way in, in just helping, you know, give people hope. So that being said, you know, go ahead and, you know, no matter how little it is, you know, little drops of water make a mighty ocean. You know, let's help make this dream uh, possible. Let's, we can do it. You know, all it takes is a couple of dollars here and there. Or naira, pounds, or euros. We don't discriminate. Yeah. Or equal opportunity recipients. Yeah, and we promise the money is going to be put to the, its intended use. And, you know, um, just as she's, you know, giving put out receipts out there, you know, to the uh, uh, recipients and the, yeah, recipients of uh, the charitable, charitable work she's done, you know, it will be put to good use and you'll be helping the life out there and putting this power on someone's face. So. And thank you for always doing it, Sindo. See money. So we're rounding off now. Um, about time. <laughs> could you be less excited about it? Um, so you remember how when we started this, I was in grad school. You were still trying to get into residency. We really didn't have any. Um, we didn't have a lot of finance. We didn't have a lot of finances for it, and that also limited some explorations we could do. How do you think? Um, for, for for spouses and um, couples who might be in that situation right now, where you know, there's there's only a factor of time and money, you don't have all the time in the world, you don't have all the money in the world. What are some words of encouragement as they're navigating these challenges? Yeah, don't give up. You know, sorry. Uh, you know, I remember then. You know, just research, do the work. You know, just like going to college, right? You research, you could get lots of scholarships, grants, and things like that. You know, I think we applied for one then. We actually got one. Um, I was quite surprised. Yeah, from yeah. our doctor's office. Yeah, so there are lots of resources out there. You know, Google is your friend. Ask Dr. Google to yeah. give you some suggestions. Yeah. So, yeah. And we're not even like green card holders then, by the way. We're still on student visas. It might not be applicable to everyone, but... Again, they love grants and definitely reach out to us. I'm, we're going to put the email in the show notes. We're taking, we're taking applications for recipients to begin, um, doling out some of the money we've got in. So hopefully that would, um, help a long way. Finally, what's been the most rewarding aspect of this journey so far for you? Most rewarding aspect of this? Yes. Mm. Getting to do life with you, I guess. And cheesy much. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Helped us in our relationship. Keep strong and keep going. Yeah. 
Yeah. So. On a different note, thank you. Oh, not different note, but thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Absolutely. I, that absolutely was very exciting. You sounded so excited. Just, just send my check. We'll check. <laughs> um, it was nice having you on the podcast today. And I know, and thanks for teaching me, um, pickleball tips. Not Surprised you actually listen. Yeah, it's hard to listen to you because you're just so into it. And I think a lot of spouses feel that way when they're learning stuff from their spouse. Like, you guys are going to be quite annoying. But I like when you acknowledge me on the courts, like, when you wave from your aggressive corner. So, Taiwo plays with, they take pickleball too seriously and it's not really good for my energy levels. I just, for my family, bye bye. I enjoy playing with you, but sometimes it just feels like a lot. So I like playing with my, my minor leagues, you know. But once in a while you acknowledge I'm like, okay, is that your spouse? I'm like, yeah. Oh, he's really good. He's like the human skeleton. Human skeleton? Like you always get the balls, like. Oh, they call me someone's called me. Yes, like that he's always getting the ball. He's so fast. Like, do you, do you guys play together? I'm like, yeah, I taught him some tricks. Like, really? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you said that. Are you kidding me? But I said that first, I said it was a joke. Oh. Yeah, they have a healthy respect for you. But I feel like you should be careful on that. Oh, they need to be scared. Sometimes I... Be careful. I'm like, I hope someone doesn't just drink a gun. I'm telling you, be careful. Because the way I hope beats them, eh? <laughs> Do you have people that wanted to come and play against you? Like, do you have them lined up to play uh, against you? Like, the guy we... We, um, we played today, right? We played today, right? Um, before he... We played them. Uh, his partner, myself and the other guy, he played with... Yeah, know, one, yeah. He beats them real good. Well, how's what's it called? Pickled? Uh, I don't know. No, no, not pickle. Pickle is when you give somebody zero, like. Like, was like 11, maybe four or five. <gasps> you know, and they were pretty decent players, you know. I feel bad for them, I'm really. proud. Big, pretty decent players. <laughs> they were Who decent. even introduced the pickle boy? You're welcome. I introduced the pickle boy. I did. You did? Yes. Oh, okay. On Thanks. the cruise, and then when you were still playing, remember when you used to go and meet them, Musatu and playing? Tennis. tennis and I'm like come on join people but like what's that as I just took over the game yep I took it over and did wonders with it what do you enjoy about it just you like winning just strategy it's kind of like chess I don't know how you can I can't, I'm not like very calculated it's like you're you playing you're playing you're setting up the points right your goal is to win the point right and then you're the net you always want to be in the non-body zone that's the kitchen you know, like close to the kitchen line, and you're hitting the ball to make it as hard as possible for your opponents for your opponents to return the ball. That's your goal, <laughs> right? You. So if you if you make it push it past them and they hit it back to you mm-hmm. up in the air, you set up that point by placing it correctly. They pop it up to you, they, it gets served on a platter or good, and then what do you do? You Slam report it. them by. You know, so it's yeah, it's so fun. calculated. Like people like yeah, it. that's I what you need. I just play for fun. And yeah, then the way fun. you slice the ball. It's fun. The way you slice and then the dinking and then the the low yeah, serves. It's finesse. You do it with skill you and take class. it too seriously. It's like sometimes if I didn't know you, I would have thought that maybe you guys don't have any joy. No that joy in your lives. No, it's fun. Why you Some people that you play with and you lose the look on their face and you think maybe you stole their mother from them. Yeah, I mean it's people ah, people like being competitive. It's more than that, That's why I don't I just like to play. I know that for me I think people boy is a very easy game to play, but difficult to master. And I still make a lot of mistakes. But the people I play with, maybe, yeah, we might not ever win a tournament or championship. But I like the social part of it. I win some, they oh, yeah, lose yeah. some. You know, I, they, I lose some, they win some. But you guys take it so seriously. We actually call you guys the aggressives. Even the way you are grunts. 
Oh yeah, I normally don't grunt, but tonight, you know, because they were coming at you. <laughs> that was tough. <laughs> those guys are coming at you. We have to put PG explicit on this episode because they were. <laughs> oh, <Is> that... <laughs> on the course, the way they were hitting the ball at you. Um, maybe I need to spell out the, what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm sure your listeners have clean mind. Yeah, but the way anything like we. Yeah, they were hitting the ball at her because. They felt like they could easily win a point by going to I didn't you. mind. And I took that personally. And it was like... Punished what? them for it appropriately. It was like, are you guys trying to win a chip score by like hitting to my... Like, saving that to my wife? No, I, I, you know what? It's just a normal but yeah. And uh, I hope we were able to motivate you to go play pickleball. Get some cardio in. Have fun while you're at it. You know, um, yeah. Get your steps. You know, live healthy. All that good yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then also, you know, free medical tip. You know, you also want to add some resistance, Wait. you know, exercises, you know, to it. You know. 10-20 minutes of weight training will help out. I mean, I think pickleball with me, because we go like four, five, five to five times, four to six times sometimes a week. Yeah, and maybe spend like, we spend crazy amount of hours. Even if I'm sure we'll still be there like till nine. Yeah, I like to play two oh, yeah. to three hours a day. <laughs> But it's so much fun. Like, you don't even feel like you're spending that long in the gym. I think it's definitely made me more committed to the gym. And the people I see, and then I have classes where I go to do weight. So we hope that this encourages you to find what you love. Before then, if you had told me, I tried tennis. He would always say, you're not so good at tennis. Because my hand-eye coordination was so poor with tennis. But people, but I don't know. I think that was just my game. All the things I lacked in tennis, I more than made, made up for. I've gotten better now. Yeah, somewhat. You respect my backhand. It's okay. No, no, no. Say what you said about my backhand. I said it's... Nobody sees it coming. Yeah, you're right. Nobody... Exactly. You said it's wicked. And the way I started doing my backhand was because of the modification, because of my hand injury from my tendonitis. So, yeah, I'll find what works for you and hopefully you can become a gym rat. T-Dog, T-Pumping, T-Money, Brown Eyes, thank you. You're welcome. It's been real, people. Thanks for having me. So and that see was... you this time next year. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Really? Except something else happens. Like what? Maybe if you are not comfortable being on afford me, then maybe I might come back on the show. You should be paying me to bring you on the podcast. No, you pay me for my time. Just physicians. We don't know about that money. Well, that was the episode. Everyone, thank you for tuning in today or listening. We hope you enjoyed this. If you have more questions, don't forget to email us at talktomorrowatmosable.com. I'll be putting the link to the GoFundMe um, um, donation page. Every dollar, every naira, every cent, every peso, every one, every yen, every dinari, whatever your currency goes a long way. And if you're able to donate your time as a peer counselor or a gynecologist or a productive endocrinologist, whatever time you have and expertise you have, or for someone who's been waiting for a long time, whose issue have either been resolved or not, we're still taking all forms of help. Just think of it of, as a way of paying it forward. I'm also email us at talktomoreandmossable.com. If you check the show notes, it has a link on there to all of these resources. In any event, I remain your host, Mossibo. Thank you and love you guys. Thanks. Peace out. Bye. How's that? 30 minutes. Felt like it was longer. That's what she said. <laughs> okay, from the tone, right? Yeah, we are. Bye. Thanks.